Welcome to Total Teen Health and Wellness, the podcast for parents of teenagers to learn more about how medical and mental health issues are affecting their teen children. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, and I'm an adolescent medicine physician, providing essential education and helpful guidance to parents of teens and young adults. This podcast encourages parents to empower their teen children to live healthy and balanced lives. Welcome back to Total Teen Health and Wellness. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, and today for episode number five, we're going to talk about the issue of avoiding school. We see this happen in both children and teens, and school avoidance often is related to mental health concerns. Parents, of course, are worried that their children are not attending school. They may be getting notices from the school regarding attendance and truancy issues, and they're trying to find ways to help their children stay in school, go to school, and of course be successful. School refusal often has to do with certain phobias and anxieties, and it affects about 5% of children and teens. In my work in adolescent medicine, I do see this very commonly as a concern from parents and patients, and it does tend to affect some of my younger patients that are more in the middle school age. Missing a lot of school, of course, affects their success in school and affects them socially. And so we really want to get to the root of what's going on to help them be successful. Many patients will have vague physical symptoms that, of course, make them feel bad. And that can be a reason for not wanting to go to school. As I've mentioned in other episodes, anxiety can cause a lot of physical symptoms, and those physical symptoms can be very uncomfortable. You can go back and listen to episode four that specifically goes over how anxiety affects the body. Many patients will have headaches, they'll have stomach aches, they may feel nausea, dizziness, and when these symptoms start in the morning, Many patients refuse to go to school. Parents may be worried that they're ill or that something else is going on, but often they'll keep them home in order to be able to deal with the symptoms. Many patients will have worsening symptoms in the mornings as they're getting ready for school in anticipation or even in drop-off where Parents have made it to the doors of the school, and as they are trying to get their their child into school, the child has upset stomach, headache, and other physical symptoms and refusing to go into school. It is important to note that if patients are actually vomiting, or if they're having diarrhea, or they're having fever, not all of these symptoms are related to anxiety. And those symptoms specifically are more likely to be related to a physical cause. And so, of course, if your child is having fever, it is important for them to be evaluated and not go to school where they could be contagious. Of course, now in this era of COVID, you have to often show 
a doctor's note or a negative COVID test. And there's lots of different criteria that schools have in place for sick kids to return to the classroom. One thing that's important, especially with these younger patients that are 11, 12, that age range, is many kids don't know why they don't feel well. They don't make the connection that the physical feelings they have have to do with anxiety. And often they have a hard time communicating that. One is they just don't have the insight. And then they don't have the emotional maturity to be able to communicate that their tummy hurts because they're stressed, for example. There are often some underlying issues that can lead to school avoidance. And some of this has to do with personality types and just other relationship issues that are going on. Some patients have a real fear of failure. They have a perfectionistic approach to school. They may really stress about standardized testing, for example, or feeling like they're not measuring up to what's expected of them academically. And so avoiding school helps them avoid that fear. Children will also talk about friendship issues and dramas that have been painful for them, and they're not having the skills to manage and deal with those friendship problems, and that can make them want to avoid school entirely. I hear from many children that they have anxiety over going to the restroom at school, and we'll have patients regularly talk about holding it all day, and then that can cause other issues and problems for them. And so if there's a specific phobia or fear around going to the restroom, it's important for us to find out about that and make a solution on how we can get the child back in school and be able to manage that. Some patients feel very overwhelmed in crowded situations. And this tends to be more in high school or in secondary school. But the passing periods can be very loud and crowded. For certain patients, it's overstimulating and overwhelming. So they may avoid school to avoid that type of environment altogether. There also have been patients that have a real sense of fear of threat and safety issues because of not feeling safe at school, having had threats of physical harm, issues of bullying. And of course, We want to know about that, to know how we can help, and the parents want to know so they can communicate with the school and help the student get back into the school setting. But that often is at the root of patients wanting to avoid school when they're afraid of harm from others. And then sometimes there's actual risk of harm where something has happened, um, whether it's name-calling or getting made fun of or actual physical aggression from other students. Patients internalize that and they are very fearful of it happening again or escalating. Parents want to know how to help their children better understand what is at the root of avoiding school, getting help that can make that more manageable, and then of course getting their children back to school so that they can learn and be part of that community. 
One thing I recommend to parents is that you do talk to your doctor, your pediatrician, adolescent medicine doctor, to rule out physical causes of these symptoms. We don't want to say that everyone with a headache is related to anxiety without evaluating the patient appropriately. And so we don't we do recommend that parents seek out that type of evaluation which can be done in a general office. It's also important to talk to your child about why they don't want to go to school. Try to get more information about what's going on and be sympathetic and supportive with what they tell you. From our perspective as an adult, some of the issues that seem really big and overwhelming for an 11-year-old might not seem like that big of a deal for us, but it's important to be sympathetic to what their experience is and how it's affecting them. It is important to acknowledge their concerns and let them know you're on their team and will help them. But I recommend that parents do insist that their children return to school. The longer they stay home, the harder it is to go back. And it's really important to be firm about this. Again, we want to address issues of safety, risk of harm, issues that relate to anxiety. What's really changed this year is the option that's been built in for many students to do online learning and remote learning. And so it has given some flexibility to parents to allow their children to not go to school and keep up academically through online learning. I think that that can be a positive as patients are working on building ways of managing anxiety and these fears, but eventually the student is going to have to go back to school. We've heard locally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that many school districts are not going to be offering remote learning options for next school year in 2021. And so we have to get to a point where this isn't going to be a viable option for patients to stay home when they want. And so again, I think the focus should be on solutions of how do we help the patient integrate into a more traditional environment and be able to learn at school in person. For patients that have severe anxiety, Sometimes we have to do a stepwise return to school. Maybe they just go for their first couple of classes, or maybe they go for an elective, or they go half a day. And patients can work with their school counselors to make those types of accommodations. It's also important for parents to help their children understand that they are in good health, especially after seeing a doctor and evaluating them, not finding any underlying cause of their symptoms. It's important to reassure the child that they are in good health and that symptoms that they're feeling are due to anxiety. Treating anxiety starts with therapy. And so it's really important for patients who are dealing with school avoidance to have a therapist that they can connect with to work on ways of coping with those feelings. Those healthy coping skills like deep breathing and 
uh, mindfulness that we've talked about, episode one on self-care. I went over lots of different ways that teens can cope with stress and anxiety feelings. And so having a therapist partner with them to work on building those skills can be very helpful. Of course, it's important to stay in good open communication with the school so that they can support the child in returning to school. They understand what's going on, and maybe the child needs to be able to take breaks at the counselor's office when needed or at the nurse's office when needed. These are types of accommodations that schools will often provide when they really understand what's going on. And again, if there is issue related to bullying or maybe even some issue with the teaching staff, I think parents do need to advocate and communicate openly with the school staff to get that addressed. We're not saying that patients should go back into harmful settings or places where they would feel physically unsafe, but we do want to encourage them to return to school. So I hope this was a helpful overview for you of an issue that I do treat frequently in adolescent medicine, and I look forward to connecting with you next time. Thanks for listening today. If this episode helped you better understand the health of your teen and you're ready to learn more, please subscribe to hear future episodes of this podcast. Consider sharing it with other parents of teenagers. And remember, parents can help their teens live healthy and balanced lives.